Hello and welcome to episode 32 of North Point Plus. This is our uh, follow-up podcast to our messages on Sundays. We gather on Sundays and then this conversation helps us to keep the conversation going. And next to me is not Rick. We're both not Rick. <laughs> but it not took Rick. two of us to demonstrate that <laughs> we're not to Rick. To fill Rick's seat, we need two not Ricks. Okay. Wow. Well, I did not know where, what, where you were going to end that sentence at. You need yeah, two either. Yeah. <laughs> so not Ricks. Yeah, that's, that's What's the office, office reference where I just keep speaking? <laughs> just keep talking until <laughs> just keep talking something, until something yeah, comes out. I just keep it. saying words. That's what I was doing in that moment. <laughs> I, like, uh, I like that, uh, Mark, you and I both have some stuff pulled up because we have some thoughts that are in our head and jake's got he's got candy crush over there totally blank you guys did it so i totally pulled it up he kind of looked over he's like oh (laughs) so anyways i might need to get something over here who knows yeah that's fine you do you you. i'm not going to judge you yeah don't get mad when i yell out high score okay well i'm I'm impressed at where you're at i I haven't got to the kingdom level yet so is that a thing i just made that up i have no idea idea. sorry you're still stuck on the first so you're trying to get this podcast going mark and i derailed us again no this is what i want to happen natural organic conversation makes it feel a lot more natural a lot more (laughs) yeah a lot more editing required yeah we don't edit these do we actually not a bit yeah i know easier for me real scary (laughs) hey uh easter was yesterday that was fun. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking more like, was that it? Like, it's over now? <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying East, to steer Easter, the conversation somewhere. Easter was, Easter was yesterday. It's over now. Trying to steer the conversation away from Candy. We're on to, we're on to Monday. <laughs> Easter's uh, like this perpetual thing, right? It just sort of it, it goes on and on, kind of like Jesus. I think it does. Oh, I just, I just did it. Man, you're speaking. You're preaching. Sorry. Wow, that was a hard Isn't that great? Pause. Is that awkward pause? Yeah. Sometimes I, I like, for the happened. people that are only listening on audio, I like to leave just a little bit of a pregnant pause, and they'll be like, did, <laughs> the, did it stop? What's wrong? What's wrong? Did it freeze? Because you know Spotify someone was listening to it in their car, and they're like, oh, oh, my phone's skipping yeah, again. Skip. No. Stupid. Your phone's skipping like a CD. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. That doesn't happen. Easter. We celebrated Easter yesterday. We did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we did. Blast. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, like, do you do anything uh, special in your home? Like the like Adkins? Traditions? Yeah, like the Adkins clan, uh, the current Adkins clan. Because growing up, I don't know, whatever, yeah. I guess, growing up or now. We did, um, I mean, growing up, we always did Easter baskets Sunday morning. Um, so we'd wake up. My mom would have baskets for yeah. everyone. We, I have a massive family, so we have the massive dining room table oh, yeah. where all 10 seats have a basket. Um, I think either the day before or the day after, we would do like an Easter egg hunt. That oh, yeah. got progressively more competitive, <laughs> and it just turned into Easter egg fights. Like what kind of stuff was in the baskets? Like good stuff, or was this like you got socks and, and chapstick? Uh, they were like, I can think back to <laughs> you would get uh, bags of candy, yeah, which was great, yeah, and then you would get like one thing yeah. that you liked. That like you a would, toy? So like I would get like, fun I like, I loved movies growing up. Okay. My family loved movies. So I would get like, I remember <laughs> one Sunday, Easter Sunday, I got the Matrix Revolutions. Oh, which that's Easter. It was very, very Easter-y. Somewhat. There's an Easter tie-in. Yeah. There's there's something there. Yeah. Hey, I can connect. <laughs> <laughs> that's a separate podcast. <laughs> I can that's connect it. Mark has his own podcast. Right? <laughs> yeah. All, all right. my Matrix Good. side podcast. <laughs> Good. Do you have traditions? Howard clan? Current Howard clan? Yeah, we did all the Easter egg hunt stuff. Um, I think most families do. Growing up, I was talking to my mom yesterday. Um, she's still doing it with the grandkids. Oh. Yeah. And But they're getting money now. Oh. Yeah. Like in the eggs. What? Yeah, yeah. That never happened with me. Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. It's lazy. It's so much easier. I'm just saying, from a family who did money, <laughs> like with our kids, yeah. it was it was born for me, not yeah. not for your parents. That's no, no, they different. thought they were definitely. Did they listen to this? Uh, probably not. Okay, good. Yeah, then it's lazy. <laughs> it's straight up. It's just easier. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah. Easier from like you don't have to go out and buy candy. You oh yeah, and then you try to fit it in an feet. egg. The eggs have gotten smaller over the years. Mm. I'm hitting fifty. Is I remember they used to be. Theory? I think it's gotten more complicated. You know what can you get in there now? <laughs> One Hershey kiss or you know a twenty. <laughs> you give him 20 bucks in an Easter egg? No, I'd put a 20 in one Easter egg, hide it in a really high spot, oh, and then I found oh. that every year. I'm not stupid. Hey, yeah. so uh, growing up when I was in youth group, uh, the church we were at did the huge Easter egg hunt for everybody, and they had a ton of property, like tons of acreage. And it was yep. a whole wooded area. And they gave us all these eggs, and we're like, hey, go hide these. And so for the first five minutes, we're like hiding eggs, but then I'm like, man, we still got literally like 3,000 eggs here to hide. We found a hollowed out tree. Oh, and just dumped the honey pot. All of this in and sat back and watched this one little boy just freeze. Yeah, I found a jackpot. Like, yeah, like didn't know what to say. Just like shakes his hands. Like, oh, it was so awesome. We never did Easter egg hunts for kids after that again. This might just be me, but oh. I, I remember when our girls were growing up, we'd take them like they'd have community wide Easter egg hunts. Oh, sure. So like a local like, park. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I, maybe I'm just cynical. I'm I'm cynical. I'll just confess it. But <laughs> but it was always so like terrifyingly competitive. Mm. Like his parents are in the back. They're like, get the egg, you get that egg. <laughs> I'm just like, good night. She's five in a dress. Like <laughs> it turned into the it, Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, it was. We didn't do that very often. We're like, this is. I'm gonna lose my salvation, here, which I don't think you can do. But I'm gonna lose it on some dad who's like, dude, it's. it's if you could, it would be at a local Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, forgivable sin. Well, that's so that's how we celebrate Easter. Apparently, you know, competitive uh, eggs. Julie's uh, Julie's family growing up, they did Easter egg hunts, and her dad. I think overestimated the capacity of his children to find well hidden. Oh, sure. Because they, up until probably ten years ago, were still finding Easter eggs. Oh my! From years what? before, and like these cool. crazy locations <laughs> that because he forgot where he hid them. That's so right. He didn't know where to find them, and they were like six. <laughs> so if you're hiding Easter eggs in the gutter, <laughs> something kind of cool ground. about that, though. I don't know. Like finding them fifteen years later it worked well. Wow. Value of the dollar's gone up a, do- a bunch. <laughs> yeah, if you're hiding a 20, yeah. you, <laughs> you could have invested that talent. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Get that back to scripture, right? Yeah, you shouldn't put a bunch of pastors on a podcast. It's sermons galore. It's not. Yeah. This is what we need, Rick. Hey, before we start talking about Jesus, because we all we've done is talk about Easter eggs here, uh, <laughs> settle this debate here. Is it going to be, uh, where do you stand on the Cadbury cream egg huh? and the peep? Oh, man. I the two most controversial I Easter will games. will fight to the death. Oh, for the Cadbury egg. Yeah. Wow. So, pro egg, pro egg. <laughs> yeah, pro egg. Something you so never thought you'd my, say. When I worked at uh, the university before this, my entire staff had never eaten a Cadbury egg before. Wow. And I was like, "You guys are in your mid to late twenties. This is insane to me that you've never had a Cadbury egg. They're at every store, at every checkout aisle for at least three months of the year. And you've never had the curiosity to drop a dollar (laughs) and have God's gift to humanity. Wow. The Cadbury egg. You feel strongly about this, Mark. And we, 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 it was March 14, I remember it. That we had Cadbury Day, where <laughs> I went to the store, bought everybody a Cadbury egg, dragged them into the conference room, and made them eat them in front of me. Wow. And they hated it. You made... Matt. Wow. <laughs> You're eat gonna, it now! <laughs> You're going to eat it and review it. Wow. <laughs> They're like, it's so gooey. Like, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes after these podcasts, I feel like uh, well-meaning listeners send in things, and I'm super excited right now. So what's going to happen this next yeah. week? Oh, so we're going to get suggestions. Yeah, $20 bills and Cadbury eggs. So here's hoping. 
Please. Where were you at on the peep Cadbury egg? Well, I'm anti-peep, personally. I mean, there's a lot of fun to be had with peeps. I just don't think they're supposed to be eaten. Didn't you drop peeps from a large height onto miners? So the uh, non-disclosure agreement... It's much more fun to say it that way. The non-disclosure agreement. (laughs) Miners with an E or miners with an O? Yeah, both. Okay. They had hats Minor, on. miners. <laughs> Minor. Yeah, I'm just saying lots of fun can be had from scissor lifts at 20 feet in the air uh, and, and peeps that are on sale. Peeps get hard over time. They do get a little, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, I'd prefer not to relive that lawsuit. So anyways. You actually can't. You signed an NDA. Oh, correct. Why? Well, uh, hypothetically. Hypothetically. Oh, we, okay. we, no one knows for sure. Yeah, I don't. I, There's I, anti-peep. I really don't. Yeah, the, the peeps are fun in the microwave. Yep. When you microwave. The so there's a lot of fun to be had with them. I just, hmm. Yeah, don't enjoy eating them. All right. You? Uh, I, you know, pretty pretty neutral. Fan. Pretty Swiss on the peep. Oh, that's good. Uh, Safe. Pretty Swiss on pretty the peep. Swiss <laughs> on the peep, but uh, I am a hardcore Cadbury cream egg person to yeah. like when Easter comes around. I don't buy them because I have made it known I'm hardcore on the Cadbury mm. cream egg, mm. and those that know and love me will mm. buy me lots of Cadbury oh. cream eggs. I it's like fantastic. I anticipate an Amazon shipment in the future here. Oh, that would be so good. I just, yeah. <laughs> How'd you get a hundred Cadbury cream eggs? <laughs> It'd just be me and Mark going to town. Well, someone, uh, I, I don't know how many podcasts ago it was, but you guys were talking about Nard for some reason, yeah. uh, the gifts or whatever. Yeah. I don't even know why you're talking about that. But um, Anointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary. And somebody found Nard. I mean, I didn't even know it was Authentic a thing you could find. Nard. So. It's still in my office. It's. We need to anoint some people. Yeah. All right. Cool. You need to anoint some peeps. Uh, no. Let's edit that. Now part. we're ready to start. Okay. Wow. <laughs> now we're ready to start. I'll just that was it. the cliff. I'll just right there. No yeah. what I say. <laughs> um, we're kind of goofing off and talking about random topics because we have zero questions <laughs> about uh, the message yesterday. So either Rick yeah. did a really good job explaining. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just end it there. Rick did a really yeah. good job explaining. <laughs> yeah. We'll just I was leave say, it there. It's or that people are just uh, high on peeps <laughs> from yeah. Easter and forgot to submit. Just which happy is okay. to be alive. That's okay. That's a good thing. Uh, uh, when we were we were kind of deciding, hey, what do, uh, what's worth talking about today? And I kind of get uh, went on my rant about my Easter thing. So I'll steal uh, a couple of minutes. Cause, steal away. Because uh, you have friends in your world, I'm sure, or people, maybe not friends. Maybe it's Facebook, whatever, social media, whatever thing. And they're going to tell you Easter is this pagan holiday and Christians try to appropriate it because that's what Christians do because they're not creative enough to come up with their own stuff, which is a lie from the devil christians over his history have been some of the most creative people on the planet when you anyways that's a different rant sorry but this rant (laughs) says that easter uh absolutely is a christian holiday and i know that there's some uh you know i'm sure you can find a website that says oh it was named after this like uh uh, what uh like a nordic uh goddess or something uh pagan goddess or some germanic Germanic. pagan god yeah easter or uh oaster or whatever ostarum because the, the words look similar, and I just want to say that's really terrible uh, yeah. uh, etymology of words just because they look similar, uh, yes. that they are similar and they're not similar. Uh, it's also very, it's very uh, American-centric where we think we're the only ones who matter. Kind of like the fact that we have the standard yes. <laughs> measuring system standard that no one else uses. <laughs> anyways, standard I think for that's how us. Works, right? Metric systems? Yeah. yeah anyways, yeah. go to Jake for the call. Anyway, so so yeah, uh, so in English, sure, but in every other language, Easter is really the word Passover in every French, any language you look at, it's that the name for that celebration. Clearly, and this is etymologically correct, looks like Passover. Right. Uh, we, because we're Americans, who, ah, 
<laughs> you know, that's America. <laughs> uh, we, um, which I'm a big fan of America, but uh, we do some weird things. And one of those things is we've got this name that seems a little off. Yeah. But um, yeah, you can do some lineage tracing, and maybe there's some connection to some old Saxon word for Passover that gets transliterated. Ah, the, the history is sketchy in that. But the the two things that we these two uh, goddesses or whatever that they they some of our atheistic friends uh, who want to bash Easter uh, say it's named after is the funny part of that is there is no historical evidence that it's named after that. Yeah, absolutely zero. You can't find any. Yeah. So other than the names look somewhat just similar. Just that they look similar yeah. in terms e- of their naming. Exactly. So anyways, it's just kind of funny. It also looks like East. So we could say Easter came from the East. Anyone that goes East is a pagan. But, I mean, if we're just looking at words that look uh, similar, it also looks like eat, which is something we do on Easter. So anyone that eats is also pagan. I don't pagan. know. We can make up all the stuff we These want. These are fine stances that I'm going to yeah. take. And you can actually do, like, if you spend 30 seconds Googling, uh, you'll find tons of research that just says that these 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 connections aren't made naturally. Yes. Um, they're right. best guesses, yep. um, and they come out of some uh, mythological folklore. Yep. That it's the it's the same thing. Like it happens with Christmas every year too. Yeah, someone says Christmas is a pagan holiday. Yeah, it's not. No, it's okay. Yeah, winter solstice was. But there's no. there's. I mean, if you're looking for connections of pagan holidays to any holiday during the year, yeah. the, there are pagan holidays. Yeah. all over the calendar. Yeah, great. So you could connect them. Yeah, but there's really no yeah. historical evidence that says. Yeah, we picked Easter because of this Germanic goddess. Yeah. Yeah, Easter was always celebrated. Passover was always celebrated this time of year. It's 14th of Nisan, whatever, in that time frame, which is about now when you're trying to combine the calendars, which is difficult to do because they have different numbers. Right. That's uh, why Easter falls on different yeah. dates. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty cool. Anyways, so yeah, don't let your friends tell you or people on social media tell you you're yes. celebrating a pagan holiday. If it's on the internet, it must be true. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> if that were that way, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> anyways, lots I'm going to start a blog. <laughs> I have some confidence. Have confidence in the fact that no Easter is actually uh, absolutely a Christian holiday. It's been celebrated for two thousand years, and uh, here worth we are. celebrating. Yeah, all over the world too. Yeah. What was that meme you shared uh, on Facebook, Chris, about this? <laughs> that uh, Christians are taking over Shark Week. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, yeah. That's all I remember. That's pretty good. If we're taking over pagan holidays, yeah, with us, kind of thing. Yeah, you have to go to my Facebook page to find that. So most of my Facebook page is filled with sarcastic memes because. It's about what Facebook is for. Don't get me, Mark Zuckerberg. I love you. Where you are, I don't. You know. This video just got shut off right here. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't use his full name. Sorry, it's my bad. As soon as you say his name, we're called Marky Z. <laughs> uh, well, one of the things I wanted to talk about while we're talking about Easter is um, obviously Easter is worth celebrating. It's an amazing, uh, an amazing point in history for the church. Um, if we don't have Easter, we have nothing. We have really nothing. It's all a waste of time. Yeah, yeah. I think. Paul writes in his letter that it's foolishness. It's we uh, above all people are to be pitied. That's yes. just great language that he yes. uses. Yeah, if we don't have Easter, so whenever Easter comes around, it's a massive celebration, super super high energy, lots of excitement, lots of passion going into that. Um, and it seems like maybe this is maybe this is a an observation that I have that's not true. I'll pass it over to you guys. It seems like we get really high on Easter, and then. <laughs> Maybe a week after or two weeks after that excitement kind of dies down, and we go back into the norm of of church life, coming in and out Sunday mornings, doing life group, doing all the standard stuff, checking the boxes. Mm. Why is that? Why do we struggle with maintaining the reality of Easter throughout the year? Why has it come June? Easter seems so far away. Maintaining the reality of a risen Jesus yes. all the time. Yep. Yeah, and I think I remembered. I, I can't. I, Maybe I'm assigning this to you, <laughs> Chris, and it's not true. I think you were the one that preached a sermon. It was about a year ago that talked about we treat Jesus like he's dead. Hmm. 
Um, we don't really treat Jesus like he's alive, like he is actually the one discipling us. You can yeah. be discipled by oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Jesus yeah. Yep. right Absolutely. now, by the by the risen Jesus. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of, like in our daily lives, we just treat him like he's dead. Yeah. Like we recognize that he arose and he was resurrected, and that's a really great thing. But what does that mean for my daily life? We just don't really treat him that way. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do remember preaching that. That was me. So well, good. good. Good call on that part. I got a steel trap up here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a great answer to that, other than to add on to the complication and, and talk about our friends who only go to church on that we call it. We say Christian and Easter, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas and Easter. Yep. And they come to church only on on Easter, and and yep. I think churches across the board see that your numbers swell, and even yesterday, we saw a ton more people than we often do. Yep. Um, and people that we know. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know what to do with all that. It's a, it's an interesting cultural phenomena to me mm-hmm. that um, somehow that would matter twice a year, mm-hmm. but worshiping a risen savior all the time is not as high priority. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to judge or, or throw anybody under the bus. I'm just. Sure. I'm, I'm legitimately curious about. Yeah. The thinking process that goes on in that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, I'm right there with you. Like it's <laughs> it's hard to grasp a little bit, and I think it's probably. Um, because it is a big deal, we talk about it all the time. It is those things, but you can tell, like you, like you, like Mark was saying before with your talk, the language that we use when we discuss Jesus, the things that he did versus the things that he's doing and still mm. actively moving and all that. But um, I do wonder though uh, if there's a, like a comfort level that we just live in. Like, is this something that because we are in Western civilization and we live for comforts and stuff like that all the time, like it just doesn't. It's almost like we don't have to rely on the, the comforter himself Uh-oh. to be a part of things. And, and yeah. so it's like we've lost some of that. You know, I think there's something about in the church and why Jesus even talks about the need for persecution mm. being a thing that's so tied together with it, like the early church and the disciples. Like, you know, that's an incredible thing to think these guys were, were living that out every day and they were in the midst of persecution, like what that does for your faith. And so I just wonder at times um, in Western civilization, because we have so many comforts, because uh, even though the housing market and inflation are crazy now, doesn't really us, touch us a ton. We're still yeah. going to go on vacation. Yeah. We're still, <laughs> we've still got trailers and cabins and all of those kinds of things, you know? And so it's almost like we have the comforts, and so we're not living in that. And I just wonder, does that play a role? Is that why... You know, Jesus talks so much about the persecuted. The Bible has so much to say about that. And mm. and I almost wonder if, like, comfort is a tool that can just be used to just kind of water down mm. our faith or, or our actions to be a part of that. I don't know. I've always wondered if that's just a piece of it. Mm. It's interesting. As you're talking, I'm reading a book <clears throat> by Dallas Willard called uh, 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 Life Without Lack. I think mm. that's what it's called. Let's go with that. And um, <laughs> it'll come to me in a minute. But uh, this morning, he was just talking about this concept of faith, uh, which is, he would use the word trust, but that uh, uh, Christians, many have um, um, what, they, what he calls appropriate faith. So you do the appropriate things, which mm. is partly you, you go to church and maybe right. you only go on these days or every Sunday, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and then he says it's important that we end up in crisis because um, then you have a faith out of desperation, like you have no other option. That's kind of what you're referring to. And I think Jesus, when he does the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit or blessed are those who mourn, you know, that, that sense of, of uh, desperation. And then uh, he thinks that faith moves on at some point to the faith of satisfaction where you feel where you can live life without lack. Mm-hmm. And he's building off Psalm 23, but... Um, life without lack, because you just have this this uh, deeply embedded, consistent grade satisfaction in who God is, and that's a different kind of faith. And he says he doesn't put down anybody in those groups. It's a journey and blah, blah, blah. 
but I don't know that that has anything to do with your question. <laughs> but as you're talking, yeah. I'm thinking about yeah. what I'm reading this morning. It's interesting that um, as Americans, we don't have we don't have much lack, right? <laughs> you know, so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought about it a lot. I mean, it's it's something that I've always observed, and it's I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if someone finds out the solution, let us know. Yeah, That'd yeah, right. In, yeah. Um, I think there's something to the um with Christmas and Easter. I mean, a lot of that comes from just tradition. Like we talked at the beginning of traditions, it's just tradition. You go with your family. You go sure. at Christmas. You do the Christmas Eve service. You go to Good Friday. You do the Easter service. Um, and I wonder too if there's some way that God uses that. <clears throat> to focus in on both of those are all about Jesus. Hmm. Um, I think that's really cool. That Christmas, you can't talk about Christmas in a church without it yeah, centralizing sure. on the birth of our Savior. You can't talk about Easter without it centralizing on the work of Jesus on the cross and the work that he did in the grave and the resurrection and all of that. And I think I don't know, th- that for me is, you know, it's easy to identify the problem and say, well, why aren't, why aren't people coming? Why aren't people excited? Why aren't people passionate? Yeah. Um, and to really turn that inward and say, okay, am, am I, I, I always have this question of, am I sharing the good news of Jesus mm. the way that Jesus would share it? Mm. Am I, am I emphasizing one thing that Jesus would be like, that's a good thing, but you're really overemphasizing that thing and you're missing out on all this other stuff. Um, and that's why I think the cool thing about those holidays is you just get to, these are just about Jesus. I want you to meet the Savior, Emmanuel, that came to be with us at Christmas. And I want you to see this risen Savior that took on the curse and dealt with it completely and now is alive and is risen and is ruling and reigning and working in your life. Um, and there's something cool about those two holidays that focus in on that. So of all the days to come to church, <laughs> yeah, those are really good days yeah, to come. Um, and yeah, if we can figure out a way to maintain that reality of Jesus being alive and working, I think that would be a good thing. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> do you think there's anything like looking in the Old Testament? I mean, there's feasts galore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there are memorials, memorials galore. galore, and all that. Do yeah. you think there's just something like God just recognizes innately in us that, hey, you're gonna do what basically the nation of Israel did all throughout the Old Testament, yeah. and that's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Sure. So there's about creating monuments, and so sure, hey, we need these, we need these festivals, we need these things, it's just because they center us, they refocus us, they bring us back to because we yeah. have this broken heart and spirit that's prone to wonder mm. lord i feel it it's a good song right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right there i won't sing well not only wander but it's easy to get distracted by by i would say life. lesser important things yeah. but not unimportant things right. so life is important you know kids yeah. are important and work is important and uh, health is important i mean there's so much that we do in our daily that becomes the f- central focus mm-hmm. uh, out of necessity and forgetting what's really uh, the most important and so you talk about festivals and memorials, and, and I might throw in there the importance of being in our scriptures regularly yeah. to keep us, uh, use your language, centered and focused. Yep. Um, not that, you know, not that that's the magic bullet, yeah. but whatever I can add into me, you know, add into my daily routine to, to try to maintain some yeah. correct focus, fervor, passion, direction. Yeah. Yeah, that's your, I think having that perspective of the Old Testament is really helpful because as you read through, I mean, really Old and New Testament, mm-hmm. you just are constantly reminded that everyone forgot stuff all the time. <laughs> like <clears throat> Israel needed these reminders because they would continually, they would get really close to God and then get comfortable. And then uh, it doesn't really matter if we break this law or if we do this thing or if we fraternize with this group that we were told not to fraternize with or whatever it might be. And you have this continual cycle of Israel forgets 
and God redeems, and Israel forgets, and God redeems. Uh, and with the disciples, you have this continual cycle of, like, you're just not getting it. Mm-hmm. You're just not getting it. You're just not getting it. And it's so easy to look in on those stories and be like, you're so dumb. <laughs> Why do you keep forgetting? Yeah, right, sure. And then not look at my own life and be like, Mark, <laughs> you're so dumb. <laughs> Why do you keep forgetting the goodness of God in your life? Why do you keep being distracted? Um, so having that reminder that this isn't anything new in the church, this is this continual cycle, and that that God's faithful through all of that, and that the the great thing that when you look at that story is that every time Israel forgets, God always redeems. Mm. Every time Israel mm-hmm. forgets, God redeems. Every time Peter puts his foot in his mouth, mm-hmm. God is right there saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, Peter, <laughs> yeah, come sit by me. <laughs> Let's figure this out." <laughs> That's good. Uh, yesterday, uh, Easter service after services, we had three baptisms. Yeah. yeah, and lots of churches do this. Yeah, yeah baptisms on Easter, very cool. And and baptisms that moment where you really put in my mind a stake in the ground, saying, "Hey, I'm making a choice in this moment." Or maybe I've made a choice in the past, and I'm I'm marking it. Yep. And then, uh, like you're describing, uh, often our experiences go on, and there becomes a uh, lessening of fervor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, become less passionate from that baptism moment. And and yeah, I think you guys are the same. But we'll get often calls from people going, "Hey, can I get baptized again? Because mm-hmm. I want to put another." And we we tend to be. I'll just speak for me. Tend to be like, yeah, maybe maybe baptism is not the right way to put another stake in the ground, but let's find a great way to put another stake yeah. in the ground, another marker, another pile of rocks to use the Old Testament Jewish, yeah. you know, another altar, another, you know, memorial. I think yep. Christmas we have some song about Ebenezer or something, <laughs> right? Another thing that we put up that we can, uh, that, that remind us as we look back. So, yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that as you were talking yeah. about having yeah. those markers in our life. You and I were talking about that we not were. too long ago, that yeah. the church is just really bad at finding ways to celebrate yeah. other than the sacrament. We have yeah. communion, we have baptism, yeah. and so when we think of, oh, like God has done this amazing thing in my life, I want to yeah. celebrate that. It's yeah. like, well, we have uh, baptism, and you can... You don't want to. I don't think you want to do that again. I would discourage that. Yeah. So yeah, do you make a pile of rocks? Julie yeah. Simmons used to do the the Joshua stones where you'd write mm. a promise on a rock, I like it, put it in a jar, and eventually you fill the jar with God's promises, which is really cool. Like yeah. so, finding ways to celebrate that, yeah. to keep those continual yeah. reminders is is a good thing because we're bad at that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of the purpose. on it somewhat um, finding the continual reminder is communion. Mm. I think that's why yeah. Jesus before. Yep. All of this goes down establishes communion because yeah. he says this is going to be a foundational moment to come back to. Yeah, and I think the point. two greatest aspects are what it causes us to reflect and remember something pivotal, right? Mm-hmm. But I also think there's a communal aspect of that that is so important with communion, right? Like it's mm-hmm. the idea of doing it together with your church, with sure. with your family in that part mm-hmm. of it. And so as we're talking about just trying to have consistency and, and this idea of of things to come back to, man, to me that's that's why we we meet on Sundays. Mm. Like, it is that consistency thing to be able to come back to and to worship with your family and to be able to do that. And when I say family, I mean your church family, yeah. not like yeah. just me and Ashley, but like yep. everybody. And it's, it's a difference because I can do that with Ashley at home and, and we can do it at other times during the week. Like, we've come to band practices and worship and stuff like that. But like being with the church, being with my family, there's just something different about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that God instituted that incredibly on purpose. Yeah. And I think it's just an incredible thing that that brings us back too. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. That's a reset each week, an mm-hmm. easy reset, uh, where however you look at it, start your week, end your week, whatever it is for you. Yep. Um uh, with the right focus. Yeah. And so I, I we've again we all know people who are like, Oh, I love God. I don't have to go to church. And I'm pretty I'm pretty critical against that yeah. mentality of uh, you do. You need to go to church. Yes. Find your church. The, <coughs> yeah. Find one that fits you. You right. know, whatever. It doesn't have to be North Point, it doesn't have to be whatever. It, but 
You got to find it. You got to find a community yeah. of people that you can worship with at least once a week uh, yeah. to reset, that hold you accountable, that you celebrate with, that you put those markers in the ground yeah. of what God's doing in my yeah. life. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's this was a, a growing thing that I had to do. I remember in college, I was so focused on my relationship with God mm-hmm. because I really needed to strengthen that. Very American, by the way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That individual connection, me and God. Mm-hmm. And I would actually, like when we would sing worship songs that mentioned we, uh, I would change it to me sure. because it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm trying to strengthen my relationship. And I, you can kind of build that up as like this honorable thing. Yeah. And I eventually came to the point where I was like, oh, I'm cheapening the value of the body of Christ mm. because I'm elevating my relationship with God above what he's placed around me, mm-hmm. that he wants me in this community. It's not to say that you can't experience God in nature. Right. You can't experience God in your personal devotions or your you Bible do. studies sure. or whatever it might be. Those are great things, and they're not replacements right. for the church, right? Right. Um, right? which is a really important thing, to have that communal relational aspect where you can, like, when I go, you know, eight weeks from now and I'm not feeling the passion and excitement from Easter, Chris and Jake can come alongside me and say, hey, Mark, we're going to carry you a little bit. <laughs> we're going to encourage you and challenge you and support you yeah. because if it's just me and God, I don't get that. Right. Yeah. I don't get that. I mean, the Holy Spirit can certainly do that. And, Absolutely. And does do that in my life. Yep. And he often does that through other people. <laughs> I, other people are God's plan A for us. Yeah. So yeah. Something we say a lot around here. So, yep. yeah. Good. Good stuff. Like it. Anything else with Easter that we want to leave people with? Anything left unsaid? No. I did want to ask. Um, not everybody who was here was able to get uh, one of the little booklets. Mm. Oh. So I didn't know. I was going to try and Google it up, but you know, you guys are much better than. <laughs> I'd have to quit playing my game. Um, <laughs> so, but like, just what touch. that what that is, um, and maybe if we can quickly find mm. a resource, or if you want to put it in the comments or whatever on this, yeah, for people to be able to find that. Yeah, I'll try know. to I'll try to put it in the d- the description. So yeah. Um, Rick talked about in his message, um, Jay Warner Wallace, who is a uh, cold case uh, investigative detective. So he he specializes in looking at cases that have gone cold. And you got you got to read his story. Some of it's like it's incredible that stupid investigate cases that are like have gone cold for 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. years. Um, and one of the things that he really differentiates, this is what I love, is that. Um, the most valuable evidence that any investigator can have is eyewitness testimony. Mm. And this is something that, like, especially in America, because we have movies and TV shows about the law and law and order, dun, dun, all that. Mm. And whenever they say evidence is circumstantial, mm. that makes you think, oh, it's bad evidence. But all evidence except for eyewitness testimony is circumstantial evidence. Sure. You, you, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of the points that he makes is like, that's how important eyewitness testimony is. And so that the fact that you have all this eyewitness testimony written, not just from the disciples' perspective, but you have other historians, he looks into that, investigates it as an atheist trying to prove Christianity wrong. So he writes it all this in his uh, book called Cold Kiss Christianity. Um, great book. He has a bunch of YouTube talks, too. That, that's how I got introduced to him. He's got like... <laughs> that's like a podcast no-no right do you sneeze into the mic i don't remember i can't remember that yeah, they have a rule cup it yeah <laughs> the arm. cup it and sneeze um so the, his full book is called cold case christianity and then we have uh, a small booklet called alive which is like a shorter abbreviated version on his investigation specifically around the resurrection proving that that um that that actually happened and all of the evidence we have around that, which is a really, really good resource. So you can find that on Amazon, Cold Case Christianity. The smaller booklet is called Alive. I think you can get it for two bucks. Nice. So it's 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 a really good... Re- and he has a full website where all of this stuff is on his website for free. So he's got blogs and videos and all this stuff. Great resource. So if you are a skeptic or if you know someone that's a skeptic, um, this is someone that, for me, like who is very analytical and likes looking at it from the detective side of things. That's how this guy writes. It's how he talks. 
super good resource. So does that answer your question? Yeah, you had me at YouTube. So <laughs> great. <laughs> cool. He's got some good stuff. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, thanks for taking a break and not submitting questions. That's okay. Yeah. Thanks for taking time to be with family. Celebrate Easter. Good stuff. Thanks you guys for your time. Sure. Thanks, not Rick. Always appreciate it. <laughs> good stuff. We'll see you next week. Bye.